Parks Magic for One is a podcast for solo Walt Disney World resort travelers. We'll discuss my trips to Florida in an audio blog style, discuss solo traveler challenges, and help you prepare for your next trip to the most magical place on earth. Make sure you subscribe to Parks Magic for One and follow me on Twitter at Eric Hall WDW. Welcome to Parks Magic for One, uh, episode 20 today. Today's podcast is post four of the winter 2020 trip series. Make sure you follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Eric Hall WDW. And of course, all opinions expressed are my own and Parks Magic for One is in no way affiliated with or endorsed by the Walt Disney Company. Hey everybody, this is Eric and welcome back to another episode of Parks Magic for One. Uh, this is uh, we're going to talk about day four, which is the last full day of the winter 2020 trip. Um, even though Parks Magic for One is all about solo traveling to Disney World, uh, of course, those of you who have been listening know that this was not a solo trip. I was there with my dad. Uh, we do this once a year and uh, head down. This is the second year that we've stayed at Port Orleans French Quarter. Uh, prior to that, we've stayed at um, uh, in a family suite at um, All Star Music, actually. Um, and so we go down, usually go down over spring break, um, decided to try a little bit different time of year this year. So we came down, uh, the last week in January, first week in February for, uh, four nights. Uh, so three full days, uh, at the parks and resorts and what have you, uh, make sure you listen to the previous three episodes to kind of get you caught up to where we're at. Um, and one of the things that I'm kind of trying to do, if I remember, um, is to go through the plan for each of these days first. Uh, for those of you who have listened, you know that I use a very kind of basic um, spreadsheet to plan out the days and make sure that I know when our fast passes and dining reservations and that sort of thing are. Uh, if you follow me on Twitter, you've seen a picture of that, a screenshot of that. And so um, if you're curious uh, what that looks like, you can go back in my Twitter feed and find that. Um, but yeah, day four was our last full day at the parks. So always, um, a little bit sad thinking that you know, next day you're going to have to go home back to reality, um, outside of the, the Disney bubble, but, uh, it was a good last day. Uh, like I mentioned in the last episode at the end, um, the weather, well, the weather for this whole trip was not fantastic. Uh, I was pretty much cloudy, uh, the entire time. And um, kind of rained on and off. It wasn't the typical like Florida afternoon rain, though. It was kind of a misty, light rain kind of thing that was on and off for the three days. It really didn't do much the first couple days. Uh, there were some periods where it kind of did that. But um, our, our final day, it was a Saturday, and uh, it, it rained, misted, I don't know, the majority of the day, actually. Um, so it wasn't really enough to, you know, prevent us from you know, doing anything, going to the parks and that sort of thing. But it was just kind of, just kind of annoying. Um, you know, it wasn't really heavy enough to have, you know, the full rain gear out or anything. Um, but at the same time, if you didn't, <laughs> you would end up, uh, pretty wet by the end of the, by the end of the time that you were outside. So, um, yeah, so kind of a, a less than ideal weather day, but, um, the plan was according to, uh, what, what I had put together, um, prior to, was to um, just kind of start off with a little bit of a leisurely morning, eat breakfast at the resort. Uh, we really like the Port Orleans French Quarter quick service. Um, I think it's um, I think it's it, it's obviously smaller than a lot of the other moderate resorts, uh, but I think the food quality is is maybe better than some of the other ones, and definitely some of the choices that you have that are themed to 
uh, New Orleans and um, and that sort of thing make it a little bit different, a little bit more interesting, I think, than some of the quick service restaurants. So um, anyway, started off, uh, we were just going to eat breakfast at French Quarter. Uh, then we were going to spend uh, the majority of the morning over at Hollywood Studios. So we had three fast passes lined up. Uh, I one one was for um, Toy Story Midway. Toy boy, let me try that again. Toy Story Midway Mania. Um, that was about nine thirty or so in the morning. And then the other ones we had were, of course, you, you, at the time that we went, you know that the whole tier system at Hollywood Studios really doesn't leave you much <laughs> much for options. Um, everything halfway decent is in the top tier, and then everything else is in the tier two. So uh, I ended up taking a fast fa- a fast pass for the Beating the Beast stage show and Indiana Jones um, at the um, at about eleven thirty or so. So. Um, and a little, you know, foreshadowing with the weather and those shows and that sort of thing. Um, yeah, you can maybe predict that we didn't end up doing that. But anyway, uh, then the plan was, um, I kind of wanted my dad to see, um, Pop Century. That's where I always stay when I go down for my solo trips and he had never been there before. And so I thought, okay, well, it'd be a good opportunity to um, spend some time on the Skyliner, which we wanted to make sure we did. Uh, and um, just for him to see Pop Century and, um, you know, where I stay when I'm there by myself. And so the plan was to ride the Skyliner over to Pop Century, uh, uh, eat lunch over there, and then um, maybe go back to Hollywood Studios. Um, I knew that we needed to spend some time uh, back at the hotel in the in the afternoon. Um, you know, kind of doing some preliminary packing and, and uh, getting ready to, to take off, even though our uh, flight didn't leave until a little bit later in the afternoon the next day. But, um, you know, you kind of want to kind of want to get some of that stuff out of the way so you don't have to do it the very last minute. Um, we then had a dinner reservation that night um, at uh, the Yacht Club Resort, which we'll talk about. Um, and then kind of the preliminary plan was maybe to walk back over to Epcot or, um, uh, you know, maybe to go to Disney Springs when we got back to the resort or something like that. So um, that was kind of, that was the plan anyway. So we started at about 8.15 or so, um, did eat breakfast at Port Orleans French Quarter, had a, um, a nice breakfast. Um, I think I had biscuits and gravy maybe, um, really, really um, reasonably priced. I think they were like three and a half bucks or something like that. Um, and my dad usually gets the, it's called a bounty platter, I think is what he, what he gets. Uh, it kind of has a, you know, a selection of eggs and potatoes and some sausage and bacon and that sort of thing. So, um, started out there, I uh, ended up uh, leaving for Hollywood studios at about 8:45 or so. Um, I just took a bus over there. And again, by that point it was, it was misting, raining, whatever we're going to call it for the, for the day. We'll call it misting. It was a little bit more than that sometimes, but you know, um, we ended up then getting to Hollywood studios a little after nine o'clock. Uh, I believe it had a nine o'clock, um, uh, nine, sorry, a nine twenty-five um, fast pass for Toy Story Midway Mania was the first one. And so made it uh, to Toy Story Land for for that uh, almost right at nine twenty-five. Um, hopped on by that point, you know, we had realized that it was misting, uh, and so we were pretty pretty well wet at that point. And so um, being inside for a little while was kind of nice, and you know, dried off a little bit anyway. It wasn't like we were drenched or anything. Like I said, it was just just enough to be annoying. So uh, we we did that, and then um, uh, my dad had never been to Galaxy's Edge, and so. Uh, decided to um, kind of wander back through Batu 
and take a look at some of those things and um, some, you know, some photo opportunities. Um, like I've said previously, neither of us is a, a big um, Star Wars fan. And so, um, you know, the, the um, Smuggler's Run, uh, Rise of the Resistance, although I'd like to experience Rise of the Resistance at some point, um, neither of them were, were a huge thing for us. I didn't feel like we needed to needed to experience those and my dad certainly didn't and so we just kind of spent some time wandering around that part of the park uh we did some um uh you know some photo ops and took some pictures uh uh we got uh, one of the um the uh, the coke um the little bomb shaped uh coke bottles um just for fun wandered through the marketplace uh, wandered through a couple of the um, the restaurants, and so just to kind of just to kind of see it and say we'd been there, um, and then we ended up um, not spending a whole lot of time really um, at Hollywood Studios at all. Um, we so like I mentioned, you know, in leading up to this, uh, we did have two other fast passes that I had booked. Uh, Beauty and the Beast stage show, and then the Indiana Jones stunt spectacular. Uh, we ended up not doing either of those. Um, after Toy Story Mania and getting wet in Galaxy's Edge, uh, we just decided that we were kind of done with that park for the time being. Um, neither of us had real strong feelings about sticking around and doing anything else. Um, and like, you know, we'd been wet for a couple hours and so we're just like, you know what, we're going to, going to head out. So, uh, we ended up canceling those two, um, uh, those two fast passes, and um, I believe I may have booked one for later, eh, maybe not. Um, but then uh, left Hollywood Studios, um, it was about 10.30 or 10.45, so we really didn't stick around very long. Um, and then uh, took the Skyliner back over to Epcot. Um, both of us really like Epcot, um, as you know from listening. And so we um, decided that we'd go over there and do some of the things um, that we hadn't. Uh, the three new films had just come out a week or so before we got down there. And so decided that maybe we'd want to um, experience a couple of those and just do a little bit more wandering around um, World Showcase. So about 11 o'clock or so, we got to um, Epcot. Uh, decided to go to um, Canada Far and Wide, the new film at the Canada Pavilion first. And so wandered through... Uh, the little shop there, um, and it it kind of kind of stopped uh, raining a little bit at that point. Or at least it was fairly light. Um, went to the Canada Far and Wide film, uh, which was okay. Uh, I uh, you know just like a lot of other people have said, I didn't love it. Uh, I wish um, the two people that they'd got um, to um, to narrate Eugene Levy and um, I forget the the um, actress's name, um, but. I, I wish that they had played a little bit more of a role. In fact, you never see their faces actually in the film. Um, and so I just wish that they would have played a little bit more prominent uh, role in the movie. Um, you know, just like a lot of um, Circle Vision films, you know, these were obviously um, you know, higher definition than the old ones. Um, and, and they were okay. One of the things that I'd heard going into that, though, was that uh, people didn't feel like um, they'd really used the Circle Vision format to the fullest because, um, you know, in some of the old old Circle Vision films, they kind of had some some tricks that they used, you know, to kind of get things to happen, you know, all around you, so you weren't just kind of focused in one direction all the time, um, and they felt like the new Canada um, 
film didn't take advantage of that format and they kind of felt like you just sort of could face one direction the whole time and you'd be okay. Um, I agree. I think um, you end up sort of facing the, the direction of the podium in that theater and you really, I mean, there are things that are happening around you, obviously, but there isn't like any time where you really feel like you need to turn and face another direction. It's just like, you know, it's kind of happening, you know, on your periphery and you're not really worried about it. So, uh, and the voices even, both of the narrator's voices come from the one, the one side um, in front of you. So I kind of agree. It wasn't, it didn't really take advantage of that format, but it was still a good film. Uh, they still have the song in there. Um, which I appreciate. And uh, so it was okay. It was a, a, not a bad way to spend, you know, 15 minutes or what have you. Um, so glad we did it anyway. Uh, let's see. We then ended up um, walking uh, around and decided that we wanted to eat in Mexico. Uh, we had a really good experience at the quick service uh, there um, just outside, uh, kind of across from uh, the main Mexico pavilion last time. And so decided that we wanted to eat there again. Um, really quick experience. The, the line last time took forever to get through, but this time it was it was actually pretty quick for a quick service. And uh, so I had a good meal there. Um, I had nachos uh, with some stuff on them. And my dad had, I think they call it a taco trio or something like that. Um, and it was, it was really good. It's, we, we eat inside, there's an outdoor seating area, but then there's also a really nice indoor seating area that if you don't know about it, you probably wouldn't even see it because the doors are always closed, but a uh, really nice indoor seating area. Um, um, and so, um, that was, that was nice. And so just kind of a good time to, to relax and continue to dry out from the rest of the, of the morning. Um, after lunch then, uh, dad decided that he wanted to go back to the hotel, kind of start packing up and getting things ready to go. Um, I decided that I would stay at, um, Epcot <clears throat> for a little bit longer and, um, and, uh, uh, you know, just kind of wander around, do some more shopping and looking and what have you. So I did that, um, for about an hour and a half, give or take. Um, there wasn't anything real, you know, real exciting that I did there. Um, maybe did, you know, look through a few of the Festival of the Arts, um, uh, artist booths and that kind of stuff, but, uh, it wasn't, you know, wasn't anything real exciting, uh, about two o'clock or so then, uh, so about 90 minutes or so after that, um, I walked over to the beach club and, uh, there were a couple things that I wanted to, uh, to do or to look for over at Disney Springs and a couple of the stores. And so, um, I, I took a, a bus from the Beach Club Resort, uh, which is just through the International Gateway there at Epcot, uh, over to Disney Springs. And so that that whole thing from the time I left Epcot um, back there at the International Gateway until the time I got to Disney Springs was actually really quick. So if you're looking for a good way to get someplace, um, going to those hotels back there behind Epcot, I say behind um in the Epcot resort area and then taking a bus from one of those somewhere is really a good way to do it. Uh, it only took maybe half an hour uh, from the time I, I left the international gateway, um, entrance area there, um, till the time I, I was at Disney Springs. And so I, got, I did get kind of lucky on a, a bus. Um, there was a bus that showed up right away when I got there, but, um, anyway, so got to Disney Springs around two, two thirty or so, um, that afternoon, Walked around for a little while. Uh, I did want to make a stop at the Art of Disney store. Um, I collect uh, an artist um, uh, paintings from an artist um, 
and so I, I wanted to pick up one of those before I left, and so I did that. Uh, got on a boat then and went back to Port Orleans French Quarter and um, was um, back there by about 3.30 or so. So it took some time to, again, do some preliminary packing, kind of get things cleaned up a little bit, um, myself included, uh, because we had a, um, a meal scheduled for um, the Ale and Compass that evening. Um, I had been to the Ale and Compass before for a breakfast, actually, because I, um, I wanted to kind of pre-plan my Epcot day and, and get relatively close. And so um, I ate breakfast at Ale and Compass a couple years ago. And uh, this time we decided, uh, dad decided actually that he wanted to go there for dinner. So we did that. And so we left um, our uh, resort about five o'clock that day. Uh, we just did a ride share over to the yacht club. Seemed to be the easiest way to do it. Got there about 5.15 or so. Uh, the, the reservation itself wasn't until 5.45, but we went ahead and checked in. Um, they said that uh, it probably would be pretty close to 5.45 before they would seat us. And so uh, we just did, uh, wandered around the yacht club a little bit, went to their gift shop and kind of looked around. And so um, it was not a bad way to, to spend some time while we were waiting for our table. Uh, let's see. So then about 5.45, we got the text message uh, that our table was ready and uh, sat down, had a, a really a, a good meal at Ale and Compass, um, had a fantastic server, um, had a, a really nice uh, booth. It was, it was fairly good sized um, to ourselves. Uh, had um, I had a spare rib pasta dish that was pretty amazing. Um, my, uh, uh, my dad had a, um, um, uh, their, uh, they're known for their um, uh, pot pie. And so it was a seafood um, pot pie that my dad had. And so uh, he said it was very good. Um, we did do their bread and apple, or sorry, bread and um, spread appetizer, uh, which is fantastic. You get these little rolls that are great by themselves. and then, But then they give you three different kinds of spreads. There's a, a bacon jam, which is amazing, uh, a citrus butter, and uh, they call it pub cheese, which is just kind of a, a mild um, cheese spreadable cheese kind of thing. Uh, and, and that was very good for an appetizer. Um, I'd seen it before um, and knew that I wanted to do it. They're kind of known for it. And so um, that was a, a good thing to do. Um, so we really enjoyed that meal. Uh, when we were done, again, we just kind of wandered around the Yacht Club for a little while. I went back to the gift shop. My dad picked up a couple things. Um, by about 6.45 or 7, we uh, did a ride share back to Port Orleans French Quarter and arrived there a little after 7.00. Uh, it was still relatively early, you know, um, most of, or both of us had, had kind of started packing and, and what have you. And so, uh, we just decided to, um, head over to the lounge that's at Port Orleans French Quarter. Um, I've had a couple of questions from people about this lounge and, you know, whether or not it's a, a good place to, to hang out or whatever. Uh, the answer, short answer is yes. Uh, it's relatively new. So when we were there, maybe even last year, I think it's maybe even been done since then, um, the, uh, so you have, um, you have the, the food court area and then adjacent to it was, um, the bar and they had a small entertainment area where there was a musician that, that played in the evenings. Um, and, and, and that was about it. So it was just kind of a little bar sitting area. They felt kind of weird because you were almost out in the lobby. It was like, like almost like one piece with the lobby. So even when you were there, you know, sort of in the evening or whatever, and it didn't really feel like you were in a separate lounge. It felt like you were sitting on the edge of the lobby. Kind of weird. 
So anyway, at some point in the last year or two, they remodeled it. And so they took some space from back behind where the existing bar was uh, and turned it into a lounge, and which is, is really nice now. Um, the bar area that was there is still there, and that's where they serve their beignets because a lot of people go to that resort just to have the beignets. And so I'm, I'm sure they figured it was a lot easier to have a separate area to do that than it was to try to get people through the food court to do that. And so um, so the, the old bar is still there, and that's where you can get some beignets and some other stuff, and you can still get drinks and what have you. Um, but then the lounge is, is kind of back behind that and um, really nice, really nice big bar area um, that's kind of separated from the rest of the lounge. Um, and there's some seating around the bar, obviously, um, and, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, some kind of tables and stuff, small tables on the bar side. But then um, on the lounge side, there um, it's it's a, a pretty good sized area. Honestly, it's kind of a weird shape. Um, it's kind of an L shape, and so you you can actually end up being at a table where you can't really see the the entertainment, which can be good or bad. Um, we we actually ended up sitting back there because we we just wanted to be able to talk. Um, didn't want it to be quite so loud, you know, like you're right in front of the speakers. So, uh, so we did, we kind of sat almost as far away as you could get. Um, but had, they have servers there that come around. It's not like you have to go stand at the bar or anything. So, um, server came around, um, got our drink order. They do have appetizers. They've got a list of probably, I don't know, five or six different appetizers. We didn't order anything, uh, but we did see some people who had ordered them and they looked really good. Uh, they looked, you know, very high quality and, um, and they, they had like some different kinds of sliders, uh, they had maybe like an artichoke dip, a um, couple other things, um, and so they it, it really did look look like a good option if you wanted something um, you know fairly light to eat when you're there. So we sat for uh, maybe an hour, give or take, and uh, there was some entertainment there. It was not uh, it was not jazz in the sense of you know jazz that you might. Um, uh, you know, that you think you would hear at, at a place that's kind of themed to New Orleans. Um, they actually did some kind of pop stuff and covered, you know, a few 80s tunes and what have you. So, uh, but, but it was good. It was not too loud. Um, and then there were quite a few people there. It's just regular lounge seating. So they have some kind of soft seating around tables. They've got um, some like sofa love seat kinds of things. And then they've got like regular tables too with chairs. Um, so, it really, really a nice, a nice addition, I think, to the resort. Um, that's one of the things, and I've talked about this in previous podcasts, where you, I miss that at the value resorts. That's one of the reasons that, um, that I, I, if I, if, you know, money was no object, um, I would stay at a moderate or a deluxe is simply for those kinds of, um, uh, opportunities, because you get back to your, you know, your hotel at eight or nine o'clock, maybe you're not ready to, you know, go to sleep at that point. It'd be nice to have some place to kind of go and just hang out and, and chill. And obviously the value resorts don't have that unless you're just going to go sit at the, um, you know, the, the food court. Uh, they do have the pool bars, but those close relatively early. And so you really don't have many options. So it is nice to have those lounges. And I think now all of the moderate resorts have something like that. Um, where they've, I th- I'm sure Disney has decided, you know, that that's a good option and, and a good moneymaker too for the evening. So, um, 
Definitely. I don't know that it's worth a, you know, a special trip over to Port Orleans French Quarter, you know, just to spend time there in an evening. But, um, you know, if you're doing some some resort hopping and you want a place to hang out, um, it is actually it is actually a pretty good space. So uh, that's my two cents worth for the uh, for the lounge at Port Orleans French Quarter. By the way, that's called Scat Cats Club is what it's called. So just an FYI there. So by about nine or shortly after uh, we were back in the room. Um, finished up doing some packing, um, you know, kind of got um, got things taken care of and cleaned up, and, uh, and we were ready for our final day. So that is uh, where I'm going to leave it for this day. A little bit shorter podcast today, but um, that's okay. Uh, the next one will be a little bit longer. Uh, we're going to talk about not only kind of the day, but then also um, reflect back on the trip a little bit. Um, I haven't spent a lot of time talking about things from a solo traveler perspective the last couple episodes, and so. Um, I will do that um, sort of in the reflection piece that we do here next time. And um, even though it wasn't a solo trip, like I said, uh, there are some takeaways and some interesting things that I'll point out um, that I'll I'll, um, make sure that you're aware of. So with that, uh, I think we'll go ahead and wrap up for today. Uh, As always, I really appreciate all of you listening to this. Uh, I know that um, several of you, you know, send me messages about things and, and that's fantastic. I love uh, I love getting those, so so keep it up. Uh, I have started posting more to Instagram, and so um, if you don't already follow me on Instagram, please do that. It's just Eric Hall WDW, all one word, and uh, also on Twitter. But again, I've kind of scaled back on my Twitter stuff in favor of Instagram. So I, I try to to post in both places, but um, Instagram's becoming the kind of go to place. So uh, for whatever that's worth, follow me wherever you'd like to follow me. All right. Uh, Remember to subscribe to Parks Magic for One on whichever platform you use, including Anchor FM, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. You can also find me on Google Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Casts, and Radio Public. Thank you so much for listening today. The next podcast will come out this coming Monday. This is Eric Hall. Thanks for listening. Take care and go make some magic for yourself.